Hi there, and welcome to the Homestead Education Podcast. Do you have a homestead, farm, or just dream of a rural life? This is a show to help you and your kids grow your own food and grow as a person. I'm your host, Cody Hanner. I'm a homesteader, homeschool mama six, and small town enthusiast. I was raised by an old school rancher and blessed by the grace of God to have been exposed to so much of what rural life has to offer. Join me every week to talk about homesteading, homeschooling, and growth with a homestead education. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Homestead Education Podcast. Today, I have Karen Morris from Are You Prepared Mama? And I am so excited to have her on. Hi, Karen. Hey, Cody. How are you doing today? Wonderful. I I have been looking forward to this interview since August when we met at the Ozarks Homesteading Conference. Um, Karen has some really cool stuff and some really cool information. So I'm just excited to learn about her. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So I am a wife of 27 years to my husband Mm. and, um, I have five kids, um, ages range from 21 all the way down to 12, um, lots busy going on in the house. We homeschool. Um, I've got several that work. I've got one in college. I've got just a whole conglomeration. Um, my husband is a pastor for a church as well. So we've got all of that thrown in there. So life is quite busy on our side of, in our little corner of the, the country. I can believe that one. I mean, we have six and run three businesses and my husband's a disabled vet, so he's home, but we're still busy. Absolutely. Busyness seems to be par for the course. <laughs> yeah. So the wife of a pastor, I think you're the first one I've had on. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that piece of life. So um, we, my, so my husband's the pastor of a small Presbyterian church um, and we are, it is small. We're growing and um, we've recently, we're actually, we're in the small process is beautiful. of buying, So what? Small is beautiful. It is. And it's, it's, it's closely knit, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in the process of buying a new building. So that's exciting mm-hmm. and crazy in the midst of everything else going on. Um, we, there's, you know, we have family integrated services. I don't know if that means anything to everybody. So all the family is in there together. There's not like a nursery okay. or a children's church that, that kids go to. Um, so Sunday school and church, everybody's together. So you hear babies crying throughout sometimes and you'll hear kids asking funny, loud questions and you'll hear other things, but it's, it's great to have everybody together and to have kids learning and absorbing things as the service goes on. I love so, that. I um, went to a very small church when I was younger and when my kids were younger and we did have Sunday school before church, which mm-hmm. I'd go to my Bible study, they'd go to theirs and then we all did church together, but they would have a nursery for the babies, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just, it's kind of all together, which it, it's a different dynamic for a lot of people mm-hmm. and a lot of people just aren't used to it. Um, and I, it's interesting because I find as I get older, sometimes there's, you know, things like the noise, you just don't realize how much there can be at times. And um, so, yeah, but it's really, it's neat to have the kids in there. Um, And some of the personalities of the children are quite comical. Um, In the middle of the service or in the middle of Sunday school, you'll hear something um, just Pastor Morris or something like that. It's, it's fun. 
to have everybody in there. So yeah, that's, that's going on. We had considered there's um, a small parsonage and we had considered moving into that parsonage. Um, and we just weren't sure how things were going to work out with the purchase of the church. So we ended up getting our own house um, instead of the parsonage. And that's kind of, that's been a lot of what's been going on with us the last couple of months too, from church and family kind of all together. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that's a lot of big moves all at once. It really was. So, how has your homeschool journey been like within the church and just um, cause we're, we have a big homeschool following as well as homesteading. So, so we homeschooled ever since our oldest two, which are now 21, um, were four years old. So I started them, um, three and four, we started doing stuff with them. So they've, I've been schooling now for 18 years. Goodness. Um, yeah. So we've graduated two. I've got two that are seniors in high school. And then I've got a, a sixth grader this year. So, um, we have done everything from, do-it-yourself curriculum to box curriculum that we would take and change things up with to one year we did um, computer curriculum because we were in the middle of moving and we knew that we weren't going to be able to keep everything up. So homeschooling has looked really different depending on when um, in our journey it was. Now, for the most part, um, my sixth grader, we still do a lot where we put stuff together for Mm -hmm. him, um, different curriculums that we kind of mesh And then my seniors in high school, for the most part, we use, um, it's called Generations. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a homeschool, it's a reformed homeschool curriculum. So has some religious aspects to it, has some, you know, regular school with it. And we've just done tons of different things. Um, We've done co-op at one point. Um, We've, most of the people in our, uh, in our church do homeschool. So there's that aspect of it. Um, That's nice. It really is because you Mm -hmm. can help each other and you can answer questions and you can, you know, encourage each other in the midst of everything. So we live in a county where we live in a county where pre COVID they estimated 40% of the county homeschooled. And that does didn't include the Mennonite families or um, some of the FLDS families, but that's a whole nother. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So And that was pre-COVID. So I have no clue where we are now. We've had a huge influx of people move to our area because it's very rural. Uh But most of them that I've met are homeschoolers as well. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. It it helps to have that community, you know, and especially when it's related to church too, there's a lot of, that means that there's a lot of fluidity during the day. So you can get together with moms during the day because their kids are home and you don't have to worry as much about certain things because there are, you know, they're homeschooled and your kids are homeschooled. And so you can do that, which gives you yeah. a lot of freedom. Absolutely. I am. I kind of actually feel like sometimes we're the bad influences because we're so, <laughs> we travel so much. And then like, I let my daughter have Instagram because I feel like I wanted her to have it at home with me where we could look at it together. But then she still had a way to like connect with her friends that she meets on the road and that type of stuff. And then she goes to a friend's house and she's like, I'm the only one with social media. And I'm like, well, then stay off it for your friend's house. (laughs) Like, that's okay, too. Yep. Yep. But I I feel like it was a good choice with her. She's a really mature girl. And so I felt like we could teach through it, you know? Yes, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I think it's really important that we let our kids, things that we know that they're going to get into anyway, that mm-hmm. allowing them to do some of those things while they're at home with us. So we can work through those things and teach through those things as they happen. And I think I feel that's the, really Yeah, important. I feel the same way about dating too. Not, I'm not at mm-hmm. like 14 or something, but you know, 16 ish. Yeah. I'd rather you date at home where if you come home and tell me something that doesn't feel safe or something, I can teach you through that rather right. than you learning that experience for the first time when you're away at college. I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. And that's, and sometimes in the more conservative circles, that's a difficult thing to navigate, It is, you know, um, but as our kids have gotten older, we have loosened things up a whole lot more because we've learned, you know, it's better for us Mm -hmm. to be able to walk this with them, whatever it is, whether it's dating or work relationships or anything else like that, that they're going through. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have some of the more open style relationships with adults that I could have when I was younger and I had some unhealthy relationships. And so I really, you know, I hope for, especially my daughter, that we can have that open line of conversation. Absolutely. Of, Of course, now I'm like, you know, there's a nice boy at our church or there's a nice boy at co-op and she's like ew gross mom really (laughs) yeah like well I mean it's better than your brother's buddies who are all idiots (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they they tend to find their own timeline for what they're ready for when they're ready for it as well even if it's permitted Uh uh-huh exactly I well I thought maybe you know like if she noticed a boy she I may not have to be on her as much about like doing her hair and stuff Ah, yes. That makes perfect sense. It's not really working. <laughs> yeah. Even my, my son who, uh, you know, I'll tell him, Hey, you know, you'd look better if you combed your hair, you might look better if we got a haircut. And he's like, well, the person that I'm interested in is like 300 miles away. So what does it matter? Why do I have to look good for everybody else? You know? So yeah. Right. I do have that. Um, She's starting to get some girlfriends now that, they're a little bit more like they have get togethers and do nails and that type of stuff. And um, they're actually a couple of years younger than her, but you know, she realized quickly that she's kind of the most put together of the group and they look up to her for, you know, style and hair and that type of stuff. So then she's like, mom, <laughs> teach me. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good yeah. that you have that. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of fun. Like they have, you know, proms for homeschool kids and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. so she's starting to get excited about planning her outfits and stuff for that. So that's awesome. Yeah. I have have one that does a lot of sewing for special events like that. Mm. She loves doing that. And then I have one that walks around in sports shorts and tank tops, you know, so it just, uh, it just depends on the kid too, what they're going to get into and how, how much they're going to. Well, it's her twin brother. He has lots of girls he's interested in, and he looks like he rolled around in the pig pen most days. So, crazy, like, buddy. No. Yeah. yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, he's even like, I dressed up because there's a girl I like at the thing we're going to, and his idea of dressing up like he's got like a knife on one hip, his cell phone on the other hip. A- like a make milk raw again, baseball cap. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you look awesome. (laughs) (laughs) 
like my daughter goes pick one accessory you look like a walking accessory oh that's funny <laughs> that's funny it, it's funny how the kids what they think of as put together and nice yeah yeah he's got like I'm like you look like trying to be like Indiana Jones or something yeah <laughs> but yeah you know yep I do even well even my uh six-year-old he has he has a girlfriend at co-op you know oh yeah and like for Valentine's Day last year he used his own money and got her a bunch of those big round lollipops and made a lollipop bouquet for her Aww. I was like oh it's so cute <laughs> It is. That's fun. Yeah. He he's a he's a hoot like that. He's always thinking several steps ahead. So that is cute, especially at six. Yeah, it's it's adorable. And I think his girlfriend's nine. Oh, how funny. Yeah. So, you know, he likes the older women. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but she's a hoot too. So, you know, they make a pretty good pair. That's cute. Yeah. So you have put together a bit of a system, I guess, and I would love to let you go ahead and explain it. I don't want to preface it too much, but I've been really excited to hear about your journey through what you've created. Absolutely. So I started getting into preparedness just a little bit, probably I'm going to say between 15 and 18 years ago. Um, I started, I started of all things, I started couponing. I found out about couponing from a website called money saving mom. And back then mm-hmm. couponing was really at its height. And so I learned how to get, I, I think at that point I was feeding our family for like $200 a month and we were eating really well. And that was also all of our toiletries. That was all of our cleaning supplies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started amassing. I think I got us down to 300 and I was pretty proud of that. Oh yeah. You know, and so when you start, one of the things we had was a storage room. And so in that room, you know, we would have cans of beans, we'd have cans of, you know, maybe it was spam. We'd have uh, boxes of rice products. We'd have all these different things. And I started realizing if something happened, I'd be able to feed my family. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I started thinking, well, you know, what else would I need? Well, I'd probably need um, a pressure canner because I had a water bath canner. I had done some jams and jellies and things like that before, but probably need a pressure canner. I need a way to, uh, to filter water. So that's what I'm, I'm doing today. And canner. I cannot stand pressure can. It's, you know, it, it feels overwhelming and time consuming at times, but so I kind of get around that now because now we have a freeze dryer and that I don't mind at all. So, but yes, we started with a pressure canner and a Berkey. um, And then I got to thinking, okay, well, what else do I need to take care of my family? And I started researching and learned a whole lot from, um, from a couple of different preparedness websites. Um, One, I believe was James Wesley, James Wesley Rawls website. Um, that's where I really got started. But then I just started learning from all these people um, and thought, you know what, this is the direction I want to go. I want to get more into preparedness. We started looking at uh, property that was out in the country a little bit more. We started um, looking into different skills that we needed to, to obtain and to hone. And so we started working towards that. And in that journey, 
I learned a whole lot about food storage. I was making everything from scratch from um, tortillas to bagels, to bread, to noodles, to yogurt, to, I made my own um, cream cheese. Um, I made just anything that you could make from scratch pretty much at that point, I was learning how to make from scratch. And we were also learning about packaging food properly. So we started, um, I'm not Latter-day Saints, but we, my mom knew someone who was, and that got us into the cannery in St. Louis where we were living at the time. They know so much. They do. <laughs> they know a ton and their food was so inexpensive back then. I mean, I could get, I think it was like a 25 pound bag of wheat berries that I could get for like nine to $11. Wow. Yeah. So I would go with our income tax return and I would buy 300 to $500 worth of food. And then I would bring it home and I would package it and we'd have these buckets. So I was learning how to do all of that. I was learning how to cook with it. Okay. How do you make bread from wheat berries? How do mm -hmm. you use the black beans, the dried black beans in something and they're edible? How do you yes. do all of these things? And so all of that kind of came together in learning about food storage and what you can store and how much, you know, is a good idea to store and the ways that you can store it. And what are the enemies of keeping your food storage from spoiling and all of these different things. And so about probably about six, six or seven years ago, I, I started thinking about, okay, I probably could write a book on this. And that kind of, I, there was a, a webinar that I watched through it, um, a school. And so I was like, okay, so they put me together with a coach. And at that point I was like, okay, you tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. And we worked so well together. Oh, and that's that was awesome. how a year without the grocery store was born was out of all of those years that I had spent learning how to make everything from scratch, how to cook. So here without a grocery yeah. store, people, yes. I have this book. I'm going to hold up all your books and we'll do this one on video because they are beautiful and I love the way they're set up, but go ahead and keep telling more about it. So, <laughs> so yeah, just working on that book, writing it through. Um, and, you know, for a while it didn't do a whole lot of, a whole much of anything, but then when COVID was starting to hit, people were like, how do I live without a grocery mm -hmm. store? You know? And so my book at that point really took off. Oh, I bet. Um, it has more than 2,500 Amazon reviews and it's got more than four and a half stars. So, I love it. I mean, I'll make sure I link that all in the show notes for you. That would be awesome. So, but yeah. And so then from there, I was like, okay, let me put everything together. So at, one of the things that's really cool about all of my books is that each book at the end of the chapter, it has a series of action items. So these are the things that you need to do to put this chapter into practice. So what I did for a year without the grocery stores, I thought, you know what, let me make all of the worksheets that they need. And that's that, that's the companion <laughs> workbook. Yes. And so everything in there, it just, it follows along worksheets for chapter two, worksheets for chapter three. Mm -hmm. And that way, anything that I teach about in the book, you have all of the worksheets for in that. It also walks you through how do you go ahead and package your food properly? So that's in there too. Now, the next that. iteration of all of this is um, next year by, and I don't know when in the year, but next year we will be coming out with a class, an online class for oh, a year. That's wonderful. And so that way you're going to get personalized teaching from me. You're going to get more worksheets. You're going to get more information. 
And we're going to go through all of that together. So that is coming next year. So definitely keep your eye open for that. Oh, I will for sure. So yeah, I think it's just people needed to know how can they do this, especially in the midst of COVID. And now people, we had a baby in the NICU during when COVID hit and they pretty much were like, yeah, take him and go home. Follow up with your doctor. If you have any concerns, he's doing pretty good. And so we're good. We go home with this preemie NICU baby. And luckily our, we had food like, and everything we needed because that's how we had already lived. Right. But I suddenly had to get really creative with that. You know, I mean, we had the milk, we had the meat, we had, you know, all the flowers and stuff, but it, that was all the things that I needed in case I didn't feel like going to the store. Now I had to do it without going to the store. Right. And another great thing that's in a year without the grocery store is there's a whole chapter on making the most of the basics. So how do you use milk powder? How do you use wheat berries? How do you use dried beans? How do you use oats in different things? And there's a a whole chapter that breaks down into all of those different things and getting the most from each of those. So that's a big deal, especially when you are trying to go without Mm -hmm. going to the grocery store for a while. And, you know, even the, like what I found a lot of is we had stocked up on some things and we had them all in our walk-in cooler because I wasn't doing long storage with them because that just wasn't needed at the time. You know, I could buy a 50 pound sack of oats and my family and I would go through them in a few months. Right. And in the walk-in cooler, they were fine. Mm -hmm. And we had our walk-in cooler go out. And so I had a lot of things like the oats they, they smelled because we had some meats and like, cause we, it went out while we had a deer hanging in there. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. It was so bad. Um, but things like even the oats I would take and I'd make raw dog food and make oatmeal and mix them together. And it would bulk up that dog food for the dogs. When again, that's just another one. When we weren't going to town and buying dog food, I was able to feed like my great Pyrenees really healthy, bulky foods for him. Absolutely. And I mean, there's so much you can do because we used to do granola, homemade granola Mm. all the time, which the main ingredient is oats, you know, and so I would every week I would make up two big things of granola, we put it on the counter and jars and everybody would eat off of that for for breakfast. But there's also things like you can make oat milk. And I mean, you can buy it in the store now. But you can make milk from oats mm-hmm. to do these, you know, to do different things. Oat milk is very thick. And we found out that you had to definitely water it down in order to make it more milk-like. Um, but, you know, you can do that with with oats. You can do, um, there are, you add oats to different things, like you said, to bulk up, like whether it's meatloaf or whether it's other things, using mm-hmm. oats to bulk things up. You can also use oats as flour. You can grind it up and you can use it as flour and different things. So there's so much that you can do that most people don't think about. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you have to get creative, it's a great resource to have at your fingertips. It absolutely is. And yeah, that's what it was is, you know, like we got home and I was like, okay, I have all this great stuff. What do I do with it? Mm -hmm. So I I wish I would have had your book then, but I definitely did a lot of research during that time. And being able to have that all in one place is such... It's going to be such a lifesaver for us this year as we, my daughter actually um, let me know recently that she'd like to be in charge of our preps. And so this makes this even better where I can hand this to her and she can work through it. And I'm not having to research each piece and teach her. Right. Absolutely. Especially with that being broken down chapter by chapter and then the action items, it makes it perfect for even somebody her age to be able to go through and actually do it Mm -hmm. because it's right there for you. 
Right. Our kids each, they pick a project for the year. So that's hers this year is to have our preps under control. And honestly, I think it's that she just gets mad that we run out of flour and she can't bake. So whatever. (laughs) Hey, use it as a positive. She wants to get this done. So we'll we'll roll with it. She's a little bit one of those, like, I wanted to do this and it's not here. And I'm, my world is ruined because that was what I had planned. Like right now, her and her brother are out there making poutine because she decided that's what she wanted for lunch. He didn't want to do it with her and she doesn't know how to work the deep fryer for the fries. And so she pestered him and like, I was like, I'm not even getting involved in this one. Like <laughs> you guys do you, you know? Yep. Absolutely. I can smell it cooking. So apparently she, she figured convinced it out. him. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> no, she would have never tried to figure out the deep fryer. It's hot. So. Oh, okay. She gets well, she obviously she a little bit more about. Yeah, nor would she go into our root cellar. So she must have convinced him to get involved. <laughs> yep. Yep. I totally get that. Our root cellar is off to the side of our property and it looks like a hobbit hut. You have to like walk down the stairs into it and there's vines growing over it. And in the springtime, it's beautiful because it's like I think it's wisteria or something. I mean, just oh, wow. that is beautiful. lovely. And and big rock steps all the way down to it. But in the this time of year, it's a little funky. And she's like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, awesome honestly I only go in it once a year, too, to go clean it one time really good. And then my husband handles it from there. So, <laughs> yep, I get you. Send the kids out or send the husband out to get everything you need. Yep. Right. Why would I do it? <laughs> I know. It's kind of like you. taking the trash. Like if you're working in the kitchen and you need the trash taken out so that you can finish what you're doing, why would you stop making their dinner? Yes. And they could take it out and you don't miss a beat at all. Right. It's kind That's of the same idea. If I realize I need more potatoes or onions and they're sitting in there watching TV, I'm not going and getting those. That's right. Absolutely. They can help with that. You're- we all eat from the same kitchen. That's right. <laughs> yep. That is definitely my role in the house, at least. So from your book, you now have a planner. Yes, I do. So we have the Prepper Planner. Um, 2024 edition is right there. To say is probably this is what like made me fall in love. Like this is the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. Like I'm going to go ahead and just show some pretty pictures inside. I mean, this is more than a planner. Like this has everything and let me actually get to a planning page see I mean just lovely to look at like I am so excited to start writing in it my planner the whole reason why I got going on the planner was because I wanted for myself a systematic way for me to work through preparedness every year or every month um that way I'm always growing in different areas of preparedness and so when I started breaking preparedness down I decided on 18 different areas that I wanted to move my preparedness forward in. And so what I did is I took, we have three areas every month that I focus on, and then we go through everything twice in a year. So every month you have a section that's to learn, to do, and to buy. So your to learn is free. And I give you links for different things in there that links to YouTube videos, links to uh, blog posts, links to other things like that. So that you can learn about a topic. Even if you had no money, you can still move your preparedness forward because you're learning. Then I have the next section is to do. 
And so in there, what do, what can you do this month that again, either doesn't cost money or costs very little money, but it moves your preparedness forward. And then I give you a to buy item. So if you have the money and you have the desire to, you can buy something that will also move that area of preparedness forward. And I try to keep them very reasonable. Um, I don't do anything ostentatious. I would never tell you to buy a freeze dryer, um, but they are awesome if you ever get a chance. So but it gives you, you a add one of those in so the wives can be like, honey, it says it right here <laughs> in February go. that I need to buy a freeze dryer. Winky, winky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but you know, it gives you those things for every month of the year. So you can choose one area of preparedness or all three that you want to go through, but you're always moving your preparedness forward. And then I need to visually be able to look at my week. Um, I, especially when everything is so crazy and like today I had one child who needed me to, needed me to take him into work so he can meet with his manager. I had another child who was like, well, you said you're going to go to Goodwill. So why don't I come with you and we'll do other things. Then I have another child who's like, mom, will you help me dye my hair today? And then I have another child who this is oh, his assigned day to spend time together because I have an assigned day for each of my kids. That way we always have at least an hour of one-on-one -on -one time every week. So it's just the two of us. So nice. but it's like with all of that, it's like, I need to be able to visually look at my day. What do I have to get done? Yeah. What is in these different time slots? And so that the planner helps me with that. So I can visually see my week. Um, and I, I really appreciate that. Like this is this year's planner and let me find a good example. Um, Which is your like, plan available on Amazon as well? My planners are available on Amazon as well. Awesome. That is correct. So this is a good example of a week. So you've got all the different colors, oh, yeah. all the different activities, but that's, you know, that helps me because then I'm like, okay, I know that purple is work. I know that pink is family. I know that um, dark blue is church. I know that you said, oh, I've got all these different. Areas. I do that same thing. I have the erasable pens. Bricks on? Yeah. Love those. Yes. Yeah. Then I can have a color for everything and I can erase if I need to. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I love those. Yeah. Somebody, somebody at the convention this year put me onto those and oh, okay. I won't go back. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No, they're amazing. Yes. Yes. So in the planner, it has all of those, but then it also has it in the garden section and on the homestead section for each month. And so in there, and it gives you different suggestions for different zones. So if you're in zone seven or in zone six or in zone five, you know, it gives you suggestions for what you should be doing in your garden. And then some suggestions for on the homestead, depending on what you have. So you have all of that. But then each week you also have journaling pages, which I absolutely love because uh, it asks you questions like, what, what are you thankful for that happened this last week? Um, what memories did you create? What goals did you accomplish? things that happened for which you're thankful. What were my struggles last week? How did I overcome those struggles? So it it's the fact that, okay, I'm gonna acknowledge these are the areas I had trouble with. And even if I didn't overcome them, it has that space so that you can brainstorm, okay, what are ways I can overcome this issue? And then goals carried over from last week to this week, because let's face it, we don't always get through everything. But right. I can go through that and I can really sit down and focus on, okay, let's journal a little bit about this. Um, because I'm finding time is so fleeting and it's going, it feels like it's going flat faster all the time and I yeah. can't slow it down. So this gives me a way to look back and remember. And Especially then on the other side of the page, up in Idaho. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It was dark by like 3.30 yesterday. It was horrible. I, I, I can't, that, that would be so hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, here it's dark by like 4.15 to 4.30 when by the middle of, or by the end of December. And mm -hmm. it just, it's so hard for me. I don't do well in that. So it helps with all the Christmas lights that I can say. So, um, but then on the opposite page, I have a goals, uh, goal setting sheet. So what are my goals for personal, professional preparedness and other? And those are the things I get done. And then those become my week when I set up my week and I'm looking at all of these things, those areas, those things I need to get done fall into my schedule each week. And so that way I'm making sure I get done the different things that are on my to-do list. So that's how the planner works. And then at the end of every single month, there is a recipe because yeah. in a year without the grocery store, one of the things I teach is that you need, you need to have short-term food storage. So after you have your long-term food storage established, you should go work on your short-term and that is set up via menu. And so you decide, okay, how many weeks of short-term food storage do I want to have? Do I want to have one month, two months, three months? Mm -hmm. And then in here, for each recipe, what I do is, so here we have decadent chocolate cake muffins. So I give mm -hmm. you the recipe, I give you the directions. And then on the opposite page, I show you, okay, if you want to make this for breakfast once a month, yeah. or once a week for one month, this is how much you need here. But if you, if you want to do two months worth of short-term food storage and you want to make this recipe, this is how much you need here or three months. And this is how much you need here. I so love that. Every month has a different food storage recipe. So that way, again, there's another like, way for you to move that You forward. have to do it. I'm sorry? Like once a week for, oh, if you want to make it once a week for three months, you need to make it 12 times. Yeah. Yeah. So it tells you how much uh, you need to have to get the ingredients. Not the chocolate one, but you know. <laughs> right. Right. Well, you know, we do chocolate sourdough muffins for breakfast and they're absolutely mm. phenomenal. My daughter makes them and yeah. So I would eat those for breakfast, most definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. So how has putting this together helped you guys with like your preps and your budgeting and those types of things? So it's helped with my preps because I don't have to go, okay, I want to work on preparedness today. What do I do? So mm -hmm. you sit there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, trying to figure out what it is that you really want to tackle. Whereas with this, you don't have to guess. You can always go to that month and say, okay, what I, I'm going to learn about this. That's and nice. I'm going to sit down. Yeah. It, it's automatic. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I've loved. It's helped me with my time because, you know, I am a pastor's wife. I am a business owner. I am a homeschooling mom, you know, and when you wear all of those hats and not all of your kids have driver's licenses and you're, but yet your kids have jobs, you know, and you're running people to mm -hmm. and from, there's a lot you've got to juggle. And so having on paper, having that all written out, what I'm going to get done, when I'm going to get it done, making sure that I'm balancing my time well, because I don't want to spend too much time on work and not enough time with my family. I want to yep. make sure that my kids are getting the priority they need, but that my business is also getting the priority that it needs. And so That's our juggle. That, yeah. And it, so it gives me that balance. Um, and as far as saving money, when you prepare, especially for your long-term foods, if you know how to cook from scratch with them, you save so much money because you're buying in bulk. 
So I can get oats from Azure Standards so much cheaper than I can get them at the grocery store. Um, or there's plenty of other places you can get bulk oats from Wheat Montana or other co-ops that you can do that. Um, so getting those in bulk saves you a ton of money. And when you are setting up your menus using some of these recipes, you've got all of that and it's going to save you money because you're buying in bulk. You know how much you need, you know how much you want. And it must take some of the trial and error out too. I think that's where I probably spend the most money. Absolutely. Because once you can set up that menu and you know that you like what's on it, yeah, you don't have to guess and it doesn't, you're not worried about, okay, is my family going to like it? Mm-hmm. That's a hard one. Liking it or if I mess it up or I buy, you know, some gadget for the kitchen that I'm like, this is not easy to use. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, like I've never fallen in love with the air fryer. Just not my thing. Yeah. We have not used, we had an air fryer function on our last stove and we just never used it. It was not, not yeah. our thing. Even my pressure cooker, mm -hmm. I rarely use it. You know, we yeah, like have it. I yeah. just, I make rice in it. Rice and beans is really easy in it. But, yeah. oh, and I do have a recipe for beef barley soup that mm -hmm. I, that's when I, I use venison usually. And mm -hmm. it just, it turns out amazing in the Instant Pot. But I think that's the only thing I use it for. Yeah. So we oh, just dog food. I use it for dog food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you will use our crock pots all the time, uh -huh. you know? And so that, so we put a lot more emphasis on our crock pot than we do the Instapot. So, yeah. Yeah. I so I definitely that this has got to be a big help with just those things. So, um, do you, let's see, we're kind of getting closer to the end of our time. So one thing that I like to ask everybody is what does keep growing mean to you? So to me, keep growing means that there's always another aspect that I can be learning, mm -hmm. um, whether that is preparedness or whether that is in my business or whether that is with my kids, um, my husband, there is, there is always, there's plenty that I don't know. There's plenty that I can learn. Um, so to always have a teachable heart and not just to have that heart, but to actually be willing to go out and do the work to learn what it is that I need to learn. But the work part, that's sometimes that is so hard to take that step. Yeah. And I love it. So do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. So you can find me at RU. So it's A-R-E-Y-O-U preparedmama.com. Okay. And you can find me, whether it's Instagram, it's are you prepared mama? Uh on YouTube, it's are you prepared mama? Um on Twitter. Um, it's the letter R, the letter U, prepared mama, because spelling it out was too long. Um, and then on Facebook, you can also find me at Are You Prepared Mama? So right, awesome. And I will link that all in the show notes. I appreciate you coming on so much today. And I have been so excited to hear your story and how you put this all together. Well, thank you. It's been fun talking with you again. All right. It was nice seeing you. Have a good one. You too. Did you enjoy today's episode? If so, please head over to your favorite podcast player and leave a comment and review. This helps me to know what you're enjoying and helps others find an episode that can help them. 
Thank you for joining me today at the Homestead Education, and I hope that I have given you something to think about this week. To help others find me, please comment and leave a review on your favorite podcast player. You can also follow me on Facebook at the Homestead Education and Instagram at Homestead underscore education. Do you have questions that you would like answered or just want to say hi? Please email me at hello at the homesteadeducation.com. Until next time, keep growing.